When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome into another episode of Marvelous Steps. Josh is going to be joining me today as we finish off the Wolverine series with uh, Logan, probably the most universally accepted one. Uh, Josh, going into this movie, you know, watching it, the rewatch here, uh, how'd you feel about it? Were you excited? Uh, yeah, um, I've seen this movie probably, this is one of my top rewatchable comic book movies, so I've seen this one quite a lot, but even just re-watching it in order to do this episode it did get me pretty hyped i'm not gonna lie it's a yeah good good movie i gotta say i feel like i watched it probably 12 times in the first like you know 25 months that it was out yeah i haven't seen it as much since i mean it's just because it's not as widely available and uh i feel like it was one of those movies that was just always on cable all the time and since i don't it watch was. cable anymore doesn't come up as often but yeah i watched uh, uh the gray version that came with uh the 4k ultra hd package yeah, thing cool. and that's actually pretty cool i uh Maybe. i didn't watch it this time because i have seen it with the with the black and gray but looked really good some deep colors obviously the color one is the more accepted uh version but still cool that they have both options yeah i think so i think it's pretty sweet um so let's we'll we'll jump right into it then uh if you guys haven't watched our previous episodes you know go back watch how we feel about x-men origins listen to how we feel about the wolverine but uh, i think we were all excited most for logan it was pretty much we hinted many times that we were excited to do this episode there's oh. a lot of themes uh, that are worth hitting on that i think really connect with me that i'm excited about that we'll hit throughout the movie i'm sure you'll have some interesting insight We'll do what we always do. We're going to kind of walk through the movie piece by piece, and we'll just go on tangents um, either about our lives or about the movie itself as we get going. It's going to be exciting, though, and I hope you guys uh, hope you guys are excited for us and you learn a little in. bit about yourself and about us as we go along. Now, the, the movie, it starts pretty much how you would think. Um, it, it goes right into showing that he's old man Logan. At the also... Movie immediately flexing that this is the first rated r appearance of wolverine yep, exactly right yeah it does both things immediately really well thematically it gives us this idea that he's going to get beat up he's worn down he's not the uh the threat he used to be so we know that right. he's going to be down but also for us the audience it really wants to show that it's going to be r-rated because he immediately is is ripping limbs and tearing stuff apart so great opening scene uh oh yes yeah. One yeah. of the best in all. Probably top books. five for me, just out of movies in general, not even just comic book movies. It's just a super fun intro to a phenomenal movie. Yeah, and, and I think I I like it because it because of the theme, right? We know this is kind of a Western. Some people would call this movie a Western. I never fully agreed with it just because it has like a Western reference. Right. Mm-hmm. You think that goes to it. But it does set up that classic like this is – the last of a kind, he's the last of a breed, and he's he's kind of dying out. And the movie sets it up well, so you know that there's kind of going to be different stakes than normal, where he can just superhero himself through all these things. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, I'm really excited about it. It makes you you feel connected to the character. 
a little differently than you would in other other ones because you're not just connected to him being a badass, but you yeah. also are. Cause he's Worth noting, this movie takes place in 2029, and they kind of uh, introduced that to you throughout the movie. I love how this is like a jump into the future, but they don't make any like drastic, unbelievable advances in technology. Yeah. The exception it's being like maybe the... Things. Yeah, there was the auto-driving semi-movie. Pretty much believable, I would say. The Extinction of Tigers, I could see that as well. So there was nothing like flying cars or, you know, jetpacks and things like that. You know, so. teleporting around, all that stuff. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I did like, I like the world building that this movie goes off on. Um, but obviously this movie, I think that's, that's, that is the difference, I think, why this movie works so well. is because it does both things super well. We'll yep. talk about the characters as we get going. because It sets them up super well, and they all kind of have great time, but it also creates a fun, cool world. I think you can do when you only advance, you know, what was at the time, maybe 15 years instead of, you know, trying to jump 60 years and you're making everything up. You get to be unique, but you still get to be relatable enough that we all still kind of loved it at the time. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah, for sure. Now let's keep uh, let's keep rolling as we get things going in the movie here. Uh, he, you see that he's working as a cab driver, sort of. He's getting some things done. We already discussed how so he's down on his luck, but then we kind of realize why and what's going on when he gets back. He crosses over the border into Mexico. Right. So it's, it's already weird, but we immediately realize what's going on. He's kind of taken after Charles um, Xavier who is uh, having a hard time. And There's some dementia stuff. Yes, definitely some dementia stuff. I don't think they ever actually say specifically what he has. I think they they speculate on, a, uh, what was it, ALS and dementia yeah. and a couple other things. But it's obvious he's got a degenerative brain disease. Right. There's a cool line at some point about like a degenerative brain disease. In, in the world's it. most dangerous mind, yeah. So it's this is, I think, the part that is the reason people love this movie and they got the Oscar buzz is Patrick Stewart's acting, Hugh Jackman's acting off each other. This relationship is really the key oh, to, yeah. I think, a lot of what drives this movie. You because, already know your boy is super pumped for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And hopefully we get the return of Hugh Jackman as well. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, but yeah, so we get to see this I would, you know, unfortunately, fairly common relationship in the world. Not, not always to the, obviously not ever to this extreme. No one has no, definitely uh, anyone who has degenerative brain diseases that can murder entire populations, but taking care of somebody, right? I think there's, there's a general familiarity between taking care of someone. And then there's obviously the extreme of taking care of a loved one who's going through something I think right. right off the bat. I mean, obviously this podcast is about getting to know me a little bit. I feel a very similar connection to how I feel with my mom, who lucky, you know, who's great and can, for the most part, obviously functions on her own, has her own place. Um, but she will have episodes of a few months at a time where she just is absolutely convinced everything in the world's going wrong. She's having anxiety attacks all the time and she just kind of needs to call and talk all day, every day. So I feel that connection of like, oh, you happen to take care of, you know, a parental figure, which is what Charles is. Right. So, this obviously speaks to me and I think the movie does it incredibly well. And it does a few different things. Well, I think number one is that it, it makes the disease believable. It makes Charles 
you know, seem like he needs help, but is also still a functional person. Yeah, definitely. But it also show it, it does a good job of showing how hard it is and how draining it is on Logan. Because it that's the truth. That at the end of the day, yeah. no matter how much we want to take care of the people we love, it's hard. You have to take care of someone who really, really needs you. It is draining. This is yeah, in addition to that, he's also going through his own it's pretty much implied. I don't think it's specifically said, but he's getting adamantium adamantium poisoning within his uh blood like his system because it take it, it makes up his entire skeleton so he's going through his own struggles his healing factor isn't doing what it's supposed to he's coughing all the time he's definitely sick in this movie and then he's also trying to take care of charles so that just adds to the struggle yep it's definitely it's definitely my favorite part and as we continue the movie there's other things about it that really stick out to me but i i do love that in this opening scene when you first see him number one it's it's high energy enough that you don't feel so just sad by it. You know, it doesn't weigh on you because he's he's flying around. And he's like two for one chalupas and they're five dollars. Yeah. Get them now. <laughs> um, there's a yeah. little bit of high Pretty energy, funny. and you know it's it's a sad kind of funny, but it's it still makes you chuckle. I think even even though you right. know it's what it is, but then it also previews his ability to kind of like when he's having those seizures the effect it has on the world around him. And it definitely sets the stakes for later. But I love that scene. I think it, everything up to that scene is just one of the best movies that's ever been made already. And uh, you just, you gotta be excited. If you because I imagine, I'm trying to remember that first time I watched it and how good everything up to this point was when you're just like excited for what's about to happen with Charles and, and Logan here. Yeah, it's uh, I just the the way they did the the montage of him taking different people on you know their rides and his weird limo thing. Like every single one of them almost was just interesting in itself. So it was just watching him go through the progressions of that, and then that's actually how we get introduced to one of our main characters is him going through that. Yeah, I, 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 he, it sets it up well, and it shows what it's all for. So there's some funny stuff with the weird bar he doesn't immediately like this nurse lady was doing it but it's all for money and it's because he's trying to do it because he's trying to to take care of charles and i think the plan is to like go on get the sun seeker the boat yes because i think that's you know in theory somewhere safe for for charles to be yeah i think he's trying to go to the middle of the ocean because he's got you know i think wolverine's also just taking himself to die out on the ocean too it's not like he has he has like things he's hoping for that are gonna result it's like i'm gonna take care of charles until he dies in the ocean and then that might i think that's part of the reason he has the adamantium bullet throughout the movie because he does say yeah planned on shooting himself with it no and it and it does it just goes to show like you said that that struggle of not only the normal struggle of dealing with helping someone but also you're only dealing with your own stuff it's almost implied or it feels to me like the need to take care of charles is kind of the only reason uh at this point that logan's still around anyway you know 100 I mean? yeah he's sort of using charles as an excuse to keep going even though he's kind of crumbity about it and he's kind of you know it's definitely that he needs to be there to take care of charles which is one of, one of the things i appreciate and love most about him though really he's definitely he's always shown to be in all these movies that that guy who's going to help, even if he's going to be a grump about helping, but he's going to right. help someone who needs it. He's a curmudgeon, but he's a helpful curmudgeon. Yeah, 
which if you don't know anything about me, if this is one thing you ever needed to know about me as a person, that's that's probably me to a T. I think there's, I will humbly say there are a few people that I think will be willing to help somebody who needs help more than me, but I'm also going to be just the worst attitude about it. Um, which I yeah, I always justify saying, well, I'm still helping. So why don't you just shut up and accept my help? Cool. But uh, Fair enough. I suppose my time with my, my, my wife has, has taught me that I should try to be a little more joyous when I'm helping people. But I'm just trying to be like Logan. That's really what it is. Yeah, I mean, what else can you hope for in life? I just want to be the badass comic book character of Wolverine. Uh, hi. So, yeah, but that's, you know, obviously a little bit about me. We'll just keep it rolling, keep the train moving here. As uh, we get to introduce the plot a little bit, we meet, we meet our bad guy in the back of some Jeep. We meet the girl that's in need. We'll meet the nurse first, but eventually we get to the story. The right. These kids, they need to help saved. Um, another easy thing to connect to, right? Kids are being abused. They need You help. want to step in, yeah. So it sets it up pretty easily. Obviously, Logan just says he's just doing it for the money because he seems to be desperate now to to get on that Sunseeker as soon as possible. Yeah, definitely. So, and it, you know, so it gives him a good excuse, you know, a good, good one for one here. He can help somebody and he can make money. What could be better than that? But these things never work out because obviously uh, the nurse is dead. Right. Almost immediately. Real I bummer. Think, I think it goes back and has like one scene where he talks yep. to Caliban. Mm-hmm. Kind of confronts his mortality. Hey, you're getting. I old. was thinking that while rewatching this movie, I'm like, if she feels like she's such a, like in peril, it seems like maybe Wolverine would have considered taking them with him to go, you know, wrap things up. But at the same time, I guess they're strangers, so maybe not. But yeah, could have thought I that through. I mean, maybe she thought they wouldn't be able to find her that fast. I don't really know, but obviously the real answer is because we don't, we can't have the nurse need the plot to go forward. <laughs> so. But she gets killed, you know, he's like, oh, bummer, that stinks. Um, and he goes back to the house, but obviously X-23 is in the car with him. Laura, as she goes by. Yes. Some sweet stuff. But immediately when, when you see this scene, I mean, she reveals herself like knocking out the bad guy or something, which is cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. In classic comic book movie fashion they don't kill him even though they're willing to kill just every other bad guy i know but if you knock the bad guy out first now you're no longer allowed to kill them which i don't quite understand the rules but i guess that is the rules yeah i mean it's just to keep the movie moving forward like especially when that stupid blonde guy gets knocked out by x23 and the wolverine instead of killing him on the ground he's just like oh let me kick him in the head one more time that'll yeah, keep can, him knocked out it's like drag him out it's nope. whatever it's fine. Uh, I think in theory, you probably could have just not had him be there in that scene at all. And she could have revealed herself in a different way and he could have showed up later. But whatever. Yeah, it's um, still good. One thing you see in this scene that I really like, besides the obvious upcoming badass fight scene, is Charles immediately is back to his old self. If you really think about the original trilogy, yeah, that's kind of the one thing you really really love about the Patrick Stewart version is that he, he just super cares about helping, helping X-Men. That's true. That's like James McAvoy also did a great job as professor X, but he, he lacks a certain amount of uh, just included compassion that Patrick Stewart somehow portrays in his, uh, his role throughout that uh, film series. Just always seems to care about all the other mutants. And he's trying to, he's trying his best to be a good person 
And uh, that's made very clear, even though he's been away from people for a while now, he just jumps right back into those, uh, those old shoes. Yeah. Exactly. Back to doing his thing. I think it's, it's cool that even, yeah, even through his, his dementia and all those things, uh, you can still kind of see the heart of who the person is at the end, which, you know, I don't, I don't personally have anyone who went through that, but I've, I've been around people. I know people who have um, issues that are similar to those things that have caused things. I know my best friend growing up had a, had a mom who, who would have struggles and at certain times it would seem like she didn't quite know what's going on. And obviously uh, my wife's grandma and those are the cool moments though, is when you can still see even in the hard times, like the heart's still coming through the person's still right. there, even if the brain is in the struggle. Again, just another, this movie does a great job, and it's helped by, of course, having Patrick Stewart be able to do those things. Yeah, no doubt, having uh, having an A list actor like that's definitely going to help you bring out some uh, some awesome scenes. But then there's a dope fight scene. Uh, in complete contrast dope. to dope acting, is a uh, dope fighting, and man, she does some sweet stuff. Oh man, the decapitating the UFC fighter at the beginning, or like as soon as they roll up, I was like. That was pretty sick. Yeah, no, she just kind of like walks out and just and throws Rolls the head it. out like a. It was sick. Like, what's up? I know you're here to get me, but like, I don't care. What's up? And then the foot stuff, the foot claws, the foot stuff. Don't that doesn't sound. Nope, but the foot claws are pretty awesome, and I liked the backup explanation because in the comic books, I don't even think they really gave a reason why she had the foot claw. They're just like it's Wolverine's daughter. She got claws in a different spot, and it's whatever people just ignored it the same thing happened with uh wolverine's son dakin he also has three claws but one comes out of the front of his uh forearm and two on the back like wolverine does so comic books have never been great at explaining that whole situation so i liked how i was like oh yeah, due to the, her gender yeah the gender the lion packs thing yeah it's a cool little that's a cool speech but yeah she's sweet uh, she gets to do the coolest action stuff part of it's because hugh jackman's old uh, now, so she gets to do all the jumping around and, and flippy floppies and right all the crazy stuff. That's I like, okay. I like it. I like all the fight scenes going on. I do like that Logan. Uh, even up to this point, is still just trying to ditch her. Yeah, uh, I love it. Scene, it's so funny. Just, he's just trying to get gone, and Charles is in the back. Just, you gotta help Laura. Oh my god, the amount of times oh. he said Laura actually got frustrating, but it makes sense, and it was probably fine the first couple times I watched it. But because I'd seen it so many times, I'm like. I don't think I noticed he said Laura 14 times in two minutes. Yeah, he sure does. Um, but, I mean, obviously, eventually, Logan Caves and they're all off together on a great adventure. Um, yeah, road trip. Across, road trip it, it's, it becomes, it's interesting that it goes it goes from Mexico to Canada, and they're looking for Canada's asylum, like the United States just isn't able to help them. Sorry, yeah, dude. Because uh, I, I think you eventually realize, I think it says that, like, yeah, the company that's behind it is an american company or something Whatever. yeah no they said that while Obviously. they were talking about um yeah i forgot the name of the company now but the world building itself seems to imply that for the most part mutants aren't welcome anywhere like they seem to have all been killed off yeah they were um, they it was uh caliban was used as a mutant tracker which he is in this movie as well and i liked his character throughout this movie but we'll kind of talk about him later but he helped track down what the little remaining mutants so it's like and they weren't born for 25 years i believe they said so yeah it it's is. just they're a dying breed and there's only a couple of them left yep and doesn't seem like america is the kind of place to welcome them so they're on a road trip this is where it kind of transitioned to a road trip movie it's got some things i love it's got 
one or two things I don't love. I'm trying to remember the first road trip uh, shenanigans. Well, uh, I believe the first thing that happens is uh, they they all sleep in the in the thing. Oh yeah, in the, the, in the limo the, and the gas station. Key, the gas station. Not the gas station the... yet. They spend one night in the limo, and they're Patrick Stewart or uh, Professor X and XC three uh, Laura, whatever. They're sleeping. Wolverine's watching the video that was given to him by the nurse. And then the phone dies, and that leads them to the gas station scene, which is pretty fun as well. What do you think about the the, the phone as a device of learning about this stuff? Do you think it's better to learn it from the nurse in the phone? Or like Laura? Um, It helped progress the story. It was definitely an intentional choice. I was even thinking that when you mentioned that the nurse dies so quickly, I'm like, I bet you there was a version of this script where the nurse was also there. And then they decided that it made a lot more sense for her to die, but have recorded some sort of video diary. So Wolverine can slowly get to know what exactly is going on instead of just it all being a once or the dying nurse with them the whole time. Cause adding a fourth person to this whole trip would not have gone well. I'll tell you, there's a couple things I do like about the, the phone thing. Number one, they, they give a good logistical reason why he can't just watch it all at once. The phone dies right. conveniently, but like that is so much better. Than just like I'm watching it and then someone says hi and then I put it away and then I just don't watch it again for 15 hours. Like yeah. that's always annoying. So I like that, that they thought about that and they gave a good little reason to cut it in half. Cause they didn't want him to learn everything at once. What I don't love is that it, it looks like this lady had professionally edited and cut together a, uh, yeah, good a, point. Because it started as a video diary, and then all of a sudden, uh, yeah, it definitely. Yeah, I mean, if you would have seen that video in real life, it would have just been like a long sixty minutes unedited. Well, it would have been multiple you know. videos. Yeah, it was true. That's the thing. You would have you did, which I think that that you could have done it that way. You could have just had him like scroll and click. Well, let's keep in mind maybe the editing process is much simpler in 2029. You can suspend a little bit of disbelief by saying, and, "Oh, technological advances," and I, you call I, it. It doesn't matter. It's definitely the better way for the movie to make it streamlined and for us to feel bad for the kids. You want us to watch an edited video? Yeah, I mean, even on our streaming service, we can pull up clips. So I mean, that's, right. that's not too far fetched, I guess. But I, it, I liked it enough. But yeah, you're right. The, yeah. The bathroom scene and the the whole thing at the the gas station is obviously the sad part of having to help someone go to the bathroom. If you've ever had to do that, it's it's not the most pleasant experience in the world. But probably not. I'm willing to help people who need help. You all have to do it eventually. I bet. I won't say all. True. Yeah. Someone needs it. Be willing to step up. But yeah, the the fun part of it is her trying to just steal stuff because she literally has she no has idea. no idea that yeah she's like oh look at all this stuff it's I think free. I forgot that until I watched it this time that like. She was literally never had left that like lab. She was growing, you know what I mean? Yeah, she didn't like understand. She doesn't understand manners. They hit on that later on when she's eating. He was like, use the fork and things along those lines. But like, I loved how they made that a through line instead of just having her act like a regular old kid. She did have almost like a caveman type of thing going on about her because she hadn't experienced anything outside of the the labs. Yeah, well, until she talks. Once she talks the first time, it feels like then she, she, she leaps forward, bounds in her. Yeah, that's that's but, much later, but yeah, I, I get what yeah, you're saying. But it's fine. It's really not. It's not that deep. And obviously, she's been around people, so it's whatever. Uh, but I like that scene. I mean, I like the road trip stuff where they're they're driving along and they're just getting to chat and talk. 
it's all it that's nice and Charles uh refusing to take his pills. Which is again oh, what a tool. Very relatable. <laughs> you just that's you're gonna that's just part of do little people with these things is they don't want to be on their meds because that they don't feel like themselves, but harsh reality of life there. Yeah, true that. Not as fun as uh cars that could drive themselves and trucks that drive themselves and weird casinos. Yeah, I was gonna. I want to touch on the casino because um, I don't know why I never really thought of it before while I was watching. But this casino's in Oklahoma City. It's not in Vegas, right? I don't know if you noticed that, but it's super weird because, like, in my head, every single time it was like an outside hotel for Vegas, and then this time I was like, oh, okay, so they set this in Oklahoma City. That's fun. Also yeah. makes the trip make more sense in like uh, how far they still had to drive and such. Yeah, but they were trying to get to North Dakota, so I don't actually... Well, whatever. Well, but, they, yeah. I, it's yeah. fine. They, uh... The, there's a few things that go on while they just get ready. It's a classic, you know, road trip movie where there's, like, that moment of reprieve. They just get to kind of hang out. They have clothes. They're talking. He's gonna go out and get a new car. They gotta replace the tires. They gotta so. replace the tires and stuff. So he obviously gets distracted too long. They watch the Western... Um, yep, that's if you don't order. know, it's called Shane. It is Sean or Shane? Shane. Shane. I believe it's Shane. Shane. But it's a it's a famous western. It's apparently ranked as one of the highest of all time. So I haven't actually seen it. Me either. I hear it's very good. I wouldn't watch that scene that they watch in the movie. I've seen that as its own separate thing on YouTube. Right. Fun little scene, but it it does get get a little bit of run and it does help set up for the ending later. So we'll talk about it when it comes up again at the ending, but it is cool. little foreshadowing. They chat, they talk and there's uh there's no more guns in the Valley. I did like how uh, they kept the idea of it being in the future, even further when Pat or uh, Xavier's like, this movie's almost a hundred years old and things along those lines. It's right. like right. they, I love how the director's so on his stuff like he knows exactly what the time period is he doesn't break away from things because sometimes movies can be weak in that way where they kind of forget that they're in the future they forget that they're in a flashback and it kind of just takes right. you out it of the scene a little easy bit for him to say yeah this movie's 60 years old this movie, you know but exactly so it's you're right it's good it's cool when they get things right but it's also just it's cool that he's sharing a, a cultural moment with her someone who it's probably never even seen a movie before. It's probably the first time I've ever seen it on TV. She got to watch an all-time classic. It's also exactly what would be on it at a hotel. Yeah, I was thinking of the same thing. you're at a casino thing. hotel, oh my god, it's sure westerns and Hallmark. Channels. That's all there is. Um, things obviously go wrong, and when uh, Logan finally does come back, the Reavers are already there. There's uh, the Reavers are there, which triggers Charles to do what uh, Charles does. Good thing Logan didn't show up like three minutes later. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, when the seizure was over. Although it sounds like the seizures, they just don't stop once they start until there's some sort of medication. Because Or he, like, passes out. Yeah, like, he hasn't passed out yet, though, so yeah, I don't know how long it'll take. I mean, it's, you, I, you imagine at some point, it's, you know. You'd think so. Ahead. But, you know, there's always the possibility that he just does it for an hour. Maybe that's what killed the X-Men. I don't know. Oh, it's definitely with Kill the X-Men. Um, oh, it is with yeah. the X-Men, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but for an hour. But as a, this is a fun scene, though. I think it's a very cool scene that they like. All the slow-mo every, killing. Everybody's, 
everybody's kind of stuck. There's that noise. And what the movie really does uh, well is it really makes you feel like uncomfortable. The, yeah, because it, it, it chooses to eliminate. It keeps the noise going. I noticed that every time I watch it, I'm like, they really do want their audience to be just uncomfortable watching this and like on the edge of their seat waiting for it to be over. Yeah, and it gets louder and louder as he gets closer and closer. And you're just like, ah, you kind of just want this to stop which is, is what it's trying to portray. Mm-hmm. I bet it was I'm trying to think about it from when I, I don't really remember from the theater, but I bet it was very loud in there as well though. Yeah. I definitely watched it. I think two or three times in theaters and it was, uh, it was a lot. Well then yes, the slow motion kills were cool. Uh, Probably the most, the coolest Wolverine kill I would argue in live action is where he gets to do like the slow-mo three claws through the dude's head. It just looks sick. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It makes me wonder what exactly is happening, though, because it feels like that guy would drop immediately when he got stabbed, because then his brain was no longer, like, being contorted. But I always think about that when I watch that scene. I'm like, what? what's the logistics along with Charles doing? Because, like, the elevator still works. So he's not, like, physically freezing everyone in place. He's just, like, Which, controlling their minds. Well, yeah, I mean, in previous uh, installations in the franchise, he does have the ability to stop everyone in their tracks. And I believe it was X-Men 2 or 3, whatever one it was. No, it was 3 because Iceman was messing with people at the mall. And uh, you can manipulate that person and they don't see, I don't believe they moved at all until after it was over. Makes me wonder, like, you would think if someone's brain gets, like, detached, that's what he's using to control them. Is their brain, I don't know, whatever. The logistics of it. It stayed with the, it it very, one of the very few times the X-Men franchise had some, uh, connective tissue and continuity because they suck at that it makes for a cool moment when he finally gets administered the medicine and everyone just kind of drops around him yeah and there's one left and laura like just goes off on him real quick pretty cool yeah well yeah she's she's a feral one that that laura she's just murking people out there true harsh murders they got to get out of there. I do like as while they're leaving. One of my favorite little scenes is Charles just being like, "Sorry, I'm so sorry, everyone." No sorry. one has any idea what he's talking about. Yeah, no one knows. They're just like trying to still be alive. It seems like it's a very terribly dramatic. This, yeah, this movie's just so good at the little things. That's what I really appreciate about it. Like having the radio or uh, TV on in the background that kind of explains the situation or what. Like, oh, this yeah. is this happened like it was at uh, Westminster when the X-Men died. And it's like, okay, a callback to something we've never seen before. Yeah, exactly. And letting us know, yeah, it's an easy way because it wouldn't make sense for like Logan to say it. Exactly. Most, most movies would just have some stupid character and be like, what's going on? Who killed I all the know. X-Men? That's why I appreciate it is because um, they didn't do anything stupid like that. They just had the radio make sense. Had the radio make sense. It's just it's covering a story that's happening. Yeah, it's a good, clever way to do it. So we, the audience, know that. Like, unfortunately, Charles definitely had some sort of he murdered, he killed the X Men. He killed all the X Men, which is unfortunate, an unfortunate reality, but like a cool for you know, considering the X Men aren't real, it is cool storytelling. True. Um, this next part of the movie actually is one of the things I just I hate the most about all these movies trope. Drives me nuts. The, the meeting uh, of the family. The meeting of the family with the horses. And, and meeting okay. nice family. And this scene, these scenes are always great. You get a family. You're gonna have some home cooking with them. I loved. They to... had a couple good jokes. How he used to be a professor, and then Logan was a terrible pupil, and the words would choke me. And 
Yeah, I yeah. like all, I love all this. It's stuff. all good. Stuff. All this stuff is good. Here's my issue. This is this is me railing against the entire cinematic. Just everyone in movies. Anyone ever listens to this? Why do you have to kill them? I don't fucking get it. I, don't, yeah. I hate it. I hate it to my core. And I just, I think it's so unnecessary that every time any hero anywhere ever meets like a nice family, tragedy, has man. like a rose, they always have to die. It has to end in tragedy. Up a wall. I don't get why they think it's necessary. And someone would argue that, well, it makes you hate the villain that much more. Bogus. We're going to hate the villain no matter what. Like he's, he could just hurt them and we would hate them. They don't have to die. Then I have to remind myself, like, oh, that's right. These characters aren't real. Obviously, they're just fictitious. So they weren't going to live anyway because they, they don't right. exist. Yeah. But I don't want to break reality to remind myself of that. I want to sit there and think, like, oh, they had a cool experience and they're going to live their lives happy. But I never yeah. get to because every movie ever kills every nice person that's ever talked to a superhero. That's true. It does keep happening. I, uh, I get it. I did like him being the muscle when they turn the water back on, like that whole yeah, side yeah. plot with the stupid farmers and his gang. Like, I, I was okay with that. I thought it was kind of neat. And then the fact that they just got murked late, like not even 10 minutes later in the movie was perfect. I hate it. I hate when they do it. I just, it's one of those things that bug me. Else. Every time you watch a movie and you see that trope happen, just know that uh, Coach Coach, Coach is out there just it. hating it. He just yeah. hates it. He thinks it's dumb. And I also just, I don't like it because it, it gives this idea that, like, the superhero, that's what they always feel bad about, right? Oh, people around me are always getting hurt. Yeah, but it's never their fault. So there's no, like, agency to why the hero feels bad that people around him well, get hurt. It's interesting that it happened within this universe that doesn't care for secret identities at all. Because the concept that is like a through line in all of comic books, if the character has a secret identity, it's in order to protect the ones that they love. And then that's how people end up in danger around them. But in this case, it's like there's... You, it's always everyone, strangers. It's always yeah. just strangers. And then it's like, exactly. oh, then the superhero feels bad about it. Oh, I'm, everyone dies around me it's like no like that why don't you like make the superhero make a mistake and then that's why someone died then you can feel bad about it that's much better whatever i'm gonna move on because i can rail on it for the rest of the night and i don't yep. want to x24 though x24 Dope showing up he Dope is cool. uh he obviously kills charles a very uh traumatic that was sad, a good scene sad moment where you just like yeah, because he lets Steel. Charles finish first. He lets him tell the whole story. That was the interesting part, is he just sat there listening to Charles Xavier tell the story of how he he's starting to remember he killed the X-Men, and he waits till that point to kill him. Yeah, like, well, I mean, this, obviously it's for us, so we can hear the story. Right. But, you know, in, this, in the world, it makes a little bit of sense, because the scientist later says, like, hey, you're still like a baby in every sense of the word. X-24 is probably all of, like, a day old. So right. Maybe he was just like, hmm, this guy's just like talking. It's weird. <laughs> That's when my baby looks at me, just big weird eyes. Like, there's, I understand something's being said right now. There's definitely some vocal stuff I'm going just on. Trying here. to figure it out. Yeah. All right, I just got to kill this guy. Uh, but yeah, it's very sad. And uh, it's the weird, like, stare down between the two Logans. I love, love the Logan just like, that is definitely me right now. That's super weird. That I did enjoy that. How like you really would react like that. Like you wouldn't just stop him in his tracks. You'd be like, 
this is literally me walking past me. Like you would trip up on that first. <laughs> yeah. But instead of going straight into action. And then the interesting thing is he went, <laughs> Yeah, well, he went straight to Charles instead of trying to save X U three, which in oh, yeah. the context of this movie makes sense because he does value Charles's life more at this point. Yeah. No, he definitely and I think that's part of the reason Charles had to die is that he could he could be told that he needs to to shift his focus towards something else, care about something else. But yeah, it definitely stinks. Uh, the fight scene's cool where X24 is just murking everything, just killing all those weird racist landowners. Yep. Just murking yep. people. Won't listen to scientists. Straight murder. Cool stuff happens. Gets impaled on a thing. I like the truck thing. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Left shotgun he gets shells. His head shot, or half his face shot off, yeah. It was interesting that Munson turned, in, uh, turned on Logan to shoot him, but it also makes sense. He's like, you're the reason my family's dead. So he probably would turn to shoot him as well. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, he fell anyway. But it's, it's whatever. It's, you know, that's how these things go. Can't ever let the nice people live. I hate it. It's whatever. We're moving on. Charles dies. They bury him. It's sad. Uh, Logan's There's water. Not doing much. It definitely is sad that Charles is dead, but I just feel like it, I think that's as typical as any other movie that has a you know mentor die halfway through it had wolverine give the give the emotional weight that it needed in this scene but it didn't need to make the scene last forever yep i think it it was just as fine as any other time the mentor dies halfway through a movie is at this point it's a cliche so maybe it's just hard to make it be better because you just know it's coming but all that stuff and then uh and that's when he passes out right like he doesn't make it that much yeah he goes nuts on the truck with a with a shovel and uh it was it's so funny because i you could tell that this uh ford was somehow involved with this movie because they get the 2024 ford and then it breaks down but then it switches to a a, a bronco later in the in the movie and it's like okay so we build stuff that lasts in garbage like that, you know. You got to, you got to have a sweet, sweet Ford. Um, that's the good stuff, you know. Could have been like a sensible Audi, I guess. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter, but it was just. <laughs> I just think it's funny that like they think we don't notice that stuff. Oh, we always, yeah, we always notice. It's always, it's always just very, right very obviously happening. Um, yeah, I mean, we we find out Logan's dying. He's being poisoned. I. It's, thought until this this i watched obviously i just watched it again for this episode for some reason i thought she brought him to a vet again which she did not it was an actual urgent care for walk-ins and such yeah i thought for just a second i was like did they repeat the joke from the wolverine and i was like oh no no no, this is a real doctor so yeah no i i've yeah i would have thought the same thing it's a pretty common cliche happens in all kinds of things but yeah it's an urgent care doctor he's being poisoned but he's too cool for school well, he's got nothing. What, what like the doctor yeah. can't do anything about it, and he exactly. knows that. So he's just like, "Why am I even here? Like, just let me die." <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't die because uh, X twenty three needs him, and she lets him know. She reveals that she can talk in Spanish, she, uh, mostly. She Spanish mostly. A lot of yelling, a lot of mad. She she obviously misses her her friends. Less the names a few it's times a, for sure. Yeah. It's good that it, it finally shows that she has a little bit going on. I think. 
one of the things about this movie that I think always got overrated was was her acting. I watched it again this time. I was like, yeah, it's, it's pretty good, especially for a kid. It's pretty yeah. good. She's got a new job. I actually watching this movie made me want to go watch her other show. It's like uh, His Dark Materials on HBO, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I might give it a shot just because you know she she did do a pretty good job in this movie. Yeah, that's fair. While we're listing things, there's one of the one of the kids that are with her, like the main the, the older kid who kind of helps Richter. talk things. Richter. He's uh he's in a show called On My Block. It's on Netflix. You guys should watch it. It's super great. He's great in it. Nice. Um, definitely give it a watch. But yeah, I, it's I don't know that I ever connect with her and feel like you know what I mean. I feel like of all the things that are happening in this movie that I feel emotionally connected to. Yeah. The the thing is, I, watching this movie again, and now that uh, my wife is pregnant with my daughter, I was like, maybe I'll view this slightly differently. But I really didn't. All it did is no. just like it's like, yeah, don't do this. It was a list of things not to do. So I guess that's helpful. But I wasn't going to do any of those things anyway. So I think and some of it's I think because we we are never going to face that scenario, really. Right. Um, so it's hard to buy into it. We don't live in the world. I mean, we do, we live in a world that has people that are seeking asylum and, and need to run away and, and fight things, but often those are decisions that will never come up on our doorstep. Exactly. And we'll never have to, you know, we'll never be meeting someone who's in that situation. But if we do, I hope uh, hope we handle it well. But yeah, I just, it's, it is what it is. She's sad about her friends. That's great. Logan Caves, he's going to take her there anyway, because what else is he going to do, you know? Yeah, I thought that too. It was like, yeah, I mean, you literally have nothing to live for at this point because Charles is dead. Uh, Caliban's dead. So it's like, you might as well just finish the trip. The fact that he even thought of putting up an argument, it's like, you have nothing better to do, bro. Just do it. Yeah. Oh, it's two days. What are you going to do for two days? Nothing? No, I Die up. slowly? It's like, what are we doing here? Uh, I do like, what do you think about the, the, whole, the whole idea of the comic books? Uh, that kind of was thrown in. Do you like it? I, yeah. You know what? I do. I do support the idea of, and I love how he hits on it a couple different times on how it's, it's inaccurate. I think that's a fun little twist. It, it, it's just neat. And uh, I appreciated it. Marvel, uh, the MCU proper does it too. Um, in rewatching Eternals, like they reference Superman, they reference Batman, they reference Alfred. And it's like, mm-hmm. So at this point, we just have comic books within our comic book movie universes, and yeah, but uh, I don't mind. This is the only time that there's comic books of characters. Yeah, it's breaking the the fourth wall. Yeah, fair enough. But but I mean, I I like it too. I mean, they do it in the MCU with the weird play, right? It's a play about the Avengers. So I think in general, it's probably what would happen if there were super powered humans on Earth. We would have stories about them. They'd be romanticized in movies and things. Maybe not in comics, because comics aren't necessarily popular anymore, but they but they would. They would exist comics in some medium of entertainment where we would uh we would create fictional stories based on real life heroes. So I like it enough. I think it's cool. Gives a little bit it's a cool little nod to see some stuff going on. But moving on. Yep. We're at Eden. All things are great. I do love that it's a road trip movie and Half of the road trip is like a day. But that's like most of the movie. And like the last yeah. two and a half days. It's just driving just like, and him passing out over and over again at the at Eden. Yeah. It's fine. 
Ah, it's that, fine. Like, what else was going to happen on the road? Road trips are long and boring. That's most of what road trips are. They probably listen to some, you know, some trivia with buds, all that good stuff. Another yep, podcast. Yep. Plug did there. that? Listen to Black Bear. Oh, that's what that's what me and your yeah, brother dude. did on the way to Florida. Yeah, yeah. They probably watch probably watch some Marvel stuff podcasts. Probably really what they were. You doing. know what? We have enough of a catalog. We could definitely cover that entire trip and some. So oh, if you yeah, guys are ever yeah. on a road trip and you want to hear us talk about everything Marvel, just 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 put us on. It'll be fun. Yeah, exactly. That's what Logan does. That's what you should do. But they get there. They got to get across. Uh, there's a couple interesting scenes happening. There's the whole Logan kind of admitting. That, uh, you know, he was he's pretty blunt about, you know, I was probably just going to kill myself when I got on that darn boat. Yep. It's it's sad, sad but it's I it's don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about it. If only because it's similar to what was in the Wolverine. Right. He had a chance to discuss his fate. It is what it is. It makes me wonder, like, is he more or less likely to do it now that Charles is dead? You know, because he doesn't have the way. Yeah, that's the thing that it's almost uh, like a cliche at this point. Immortal people get bored of life, which makes perfect sense. So it's like, I mean, I, I buy it. You probably eventually want to die. You watch enough people die that you care about. You're probably wanting to tap out eventually. Yep. Uh, which is all about what the Wolverine kind of asks. So go back and listen to that episode. But yeah, it's, it's a good setup. They also... The main part I think is this is the speech but he's trying to give her about you don't need to don't be don't with the major. Don't be like you maybe. Yep. You don't don't do what uh that I did. You're killing people, you're just gonna have to find a way to live with it. Good or bad. Which is why again that, that whole idea of like people around them always dying frustrates me because I think the better weight is the weight of, of having to kill people and Good or bad, it definitely takes a toll on you. Yeah, Wolverine's his uh, his kill ratio is just undefeated in any universe. <laughs> he just he just he went through multiple wars, and we talked about that back in the X Men Origins episode we did. And just he's killed a butt ton of people. So it, the fact that he's still considered a hero is crazy. But also, I buy it. Yeah, I mean, he probably. I mean, that's the thing, though. But he is a person. It it just can't feel good. It can't. It can be easy to sleep at night. It's just random, like faces of people dying. They do touch that on in every version of Wolverine, which I appreciate. The fact that he has crazy PTSD and wakes up from nightmares all the time. In every one of them, he wakes up like he's startled awake yeah. because of the memories he had. Yeah, and I like the the line in this movie where he says, uh, "You know, she he's, she says she has bad dreams. People hurt her." He said, "Well, mine are different. I hurt people." Right. I think that's a cool line, and it it goes to show it. So, uh, our little moral lesson from today: is don't kill people. If you're listening to the Marvel Stuff podcast, I hope you're that, not a murderer. That no, Although, Coach and Josh say don't kill people. True, but if it. if you do, bring the Marvel Stuff into prison, and then make sure all the inmates listen, and then we kind of boost our views. Right, that's what we're going for. Yeah, I'm not sure that that's. Qu- I mean, good I'm point. Really, don't don't murder people. <laughs> Yeah, the cool is just don't kill people. I think if you don't have to end up in prison, it, it's definitely not worth it for our branding uh, for you to kill people. That's for sure. That's true. Yeah, don't do it for us. Don't do it at all. Don't do it for your soul, my man. But it, it ends up, you know, they go, they're going to cross. Obviously, they're not going to cross without one last giant fight scene. Bunch of soldiers. Bunch of fighting happening. 
I think it's pretty good. Consider, I mean, it's nice because it's not a big giant CGI fight against CGI monsters. It's if they're killing people. Uh, the kids all get to show off some powers. Some of them look cheesy. Some of them look good. Some of them are done better than others. True. Uh, there's <laughs> when they uh, eventually kill uh, Donald or whatever the blonde guy's name is. <laughs> there, like, there's a couple of people in that group that are killing him that are just mean mugging the camera. They're not actually doing anything. Oh yeah, they're all like standing over. So obviously, funny. the only person really killing him right now is like the guy with the vines. It was the girl with the grass. Yeah, but they're all sort of like, ah, I have electricity. I'm not doing anything with it, but it's like right here. And the other girl can like freeze things with her breath, and she's like close, slowly freezing him. It's like, okay, guys, we get it. Yeah, one of the other kids standing around. Well, it's fun. It's we had to give them their uh, conclusion for their story arc, and they get their revenge. I think the only reason it was included. And obviously, Berserk, Berserk Logan, one last Berserker time. Logan. Let's go. We got to watch him just rip people. I love. I always love the big dive, the like jumps. Yep. and two hand lunge into someone. It's the best. It's Always so cool. Good. Can never go wrong with that. No, especially with Wolverine. It's just always so nasty to look at. It's the best. And uh, then, uh, and the next runs out of shows juice. up. We got one last. Yeah, the on kids here. get rounded up a bit. Except, uh, I love the team up fight with uh, with Logan and Laura while he's still hopped up on the juice really cool stuff the fact that she like jumps off his shoulders and they keep switching back and forth on who gets the kill and i'm like this is classic duo stuff i'm on board yeah no it's a super well choreographed fight a lot going on and uh spoiler alert uh neither of these uh neither of these versions uh sort of survive yeah i'm gonna just we don't really have to say spoiler alert when we say we're gonna do a deep dive on a movie but hey yeah additional spoiler alert just in case you haven't seen you got this far and you were like the only thing i didn't want spoiled was the very very end first off you're an idiot uh yep you should have watched the movie first when it came out (laughs) yeah so they're dead uh super dead and uh you know that means our, our boy our boy is dead Yep, X T four gets his head blasted off by Laura with the adamantium bullet that uh, Logan was saving for himself, so that has some poetic justice in it. But yeah, Wolverine getting impaled by a tree, little lame, but also completely believable because he was—he's completely gassed. Like he's he dying anyway. He's already uh, dead. He I, just, I think I would have liked it better if he just kind of like fell down in the grass and just passed out. But whatever, it—it it doesn't matter to me. The logistics of exactly what died. It's sad that he died. It's probably for the best. Um, One of the character deaths that uh, I, I shed a couple tears for, for sure. Well, I was thinking about it, and I was like, I was thinking about what I was going to say in the podcast, and you go like, oh, you know, how does this relate to something that you've gone through? I was like, yeah, I'll tell you how it relates. It relates to that time that uh, I had to watch Wolverine, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine die. That's how it relates to it. I frankly, Marvel movies and superhero movies they're a big enough part of our lives that i think they don't have to i don't have to be sad because i'm thinking about someone else i care about dying it's sad because i'm not gonna get to see hugh jackman be this wolverine anymore his character came to an end it was sad it was a good movie like that's what it relates to like it it does such a good job in this movie and also all the other movies the previous history obviously helps right but uh yeah, his death one of the top like ones that I most felt for a movie character dying. Like 
Iron Man dying was sad, but Iron Man's never been my favorite Avenger, and it's like, yeah, Wolverine was definitely a bigger death for me personally. So this is this is a big one watching that in the theater, and like the sad daughter daddy stuff, and I'm like, oh, I'm dying <laughs> watching him die. Yeah, exactly. really, really well done though. I think that's I think that's worthwhile. I think it's worth us being honest about the fact that we care we care enough about fictional characters that we get sad when uh, they die. True, and that's uh, suck it. Like get over it. We do what we want. We allowed to feel however we want to feel. That stuff was sad, and then she gives her final speech, which is uh, literally she just a quote repeats, from the movie. Yeah, she repeats the speech from Shane. But I think it's cool. Um, I'll give a little breakdown of it in case in case you're watching it and you're like, well, what is it? What does it mean? What is it trying to go for? Uh, if you've never seen the movie, you don't understand the scene. Uh, when he when he says what he says. He goes, there's no more gun, you know, go home, you know, tell Ma that there's, there's no more guns in the valley. He, well, he, first he says like, you know, you can't break the mold. You got to be who you're going to be. Um, and the death sticks with you. But go death is a brand or killings a brand, good or bad. Textures on that even more. Yep. And, uh, and he ends with, there's no more guns in the valley. So what, what it's trying to say to us at the audience is it, it's reminding us that uh, no more guns in the valley in the movie, you know, Shane, it's it's a reference that there's nothing left. There's no more guns. There's the bad guys have been defeated. Um, and now it's time to move on. So that, that's what it wants us to know. Like, hey, this is this is it. They beat the bad guys. It's time to move on. It's time for Laura to like, hey, there's no more guns. You don't have to be you're not in danger. You don't need to be the fighter anymore. You get to move on. So the fact that she quotes it, I think it's trying to like say that she understands and she can move on but killing is a brand and it sticks with you and it's gonna stick yeah uh it was a touching scene and uh I th- she doesn't know too much english obviously so like the she did take one of the first movies she ever saw and honestly it just shows even her memory as a character which isn't obviously wasn't the uh the main cool. point of she doing it cool. but it's cool her, her yeah. accent when she says it is fine you yeah and and as soon as you think you're done crying, she uh, they're exiting, and she turns the cross into an X, and then it y- y- hits you again. Hits <laughs> At you least again. it did for me the first time. Not so much the yeah. second time, but the first no, time no, for it is, sure. It's a cool send off. It's a this is a good movie. Um, so good. There's there's a lot to it, and I think there there's stuff that gets you just get more out of it the more you watch it especially as you get older and you learn new things. I think it's something to like to be worth exploring, come back 15, 20 years from now, once you're grown up, maybe once, you know, maybe you've lost your parents or you've had, you've had an uncle who went through something. I would bet if you came back and watched it again after that, you would realize even more like. Yeah. It's a bit of an evergreen movie. I think that's the way to say it. It's just, yeah. This movie doesn't seem like it's going to age much. It's just always going to be what it was. And I think that's good. Like the story, you oh, yeah. really buy into it. It's not just going to be like trying to rewatch the 2000s X-Men movie because there was some pretty terrible CGI and some of the acting was subpar in parts and the stupid leather outfits. But this one, it's right. just and a yeah. good story. And the, you know, the themes are universal. Uh, old people are always going to degenerate. They're not necessarily in their mind, but like the people we love, it, the unfortunate truth is that that's going to happen. And we're all going to have to deal with it eventually. And this is a this movie has a good reflection of it for us to kind of look back on and, 
and connect to. So I love it. It's my, uh, it might be my favorite superhero movie I, just because it, there's never it's a scene that I don't the, like. Yeah, the only superhero movie I enjoy more than Logan is The Dark Knight. And that it's it's pretty close still. Yeah. There's a couple movies that I think are more fun. So maybe I enjoy them better because they're more fun. I don't know. And it, it, it's a worthwhile argument. I remember arguing back when it first came out. I was like, yeah, this is this is definitely worthy of this, you know, the Oscars and, and it. Yeah, it's a bummer Oscar, that the really. the actors didn't get an Oscar for it, but I think I believe Logan got an Oscar too. I don't remember what it was for. Maybe I don't. Know. I, didn't, I remember that Patrick Stewart got robbed. That's what I remember. Yeah, true that. True that. Um, got absolutely robbed. So it was garbage, but good movie. Hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, let us know what we want us to tackle next. We're trying to get these out every couple weeks and, and just keep diving into the Marvel universe and just really Back wrenching catalog. it out for all that it has here and just to see why it is we love Marvel so much. Um, yeah, I mean, the fact that we, we haven't always had a Marvel stuff podcast, so all of this great content that got us hooked on it in the first place, we have not been covering because it's not current, but it's also important to reflect on the things we already got, so we hope you guys are enjoying these. Yeah, absolutely. Like we said, always let us know if there's anything you connect to, if there's any reason you love a movie specifically, let us know. Talk to us about it. Maybe talk to us while we record the on it. But obviously, check us out every week on our normal uh, podcast that drops every Monday, the Marvel Stuff Podcast, and just let's do our weekly episode as well. And like, share, review, all that stuff. Yes, sir. Hope you guys are having fun. Until next time, try not to have too much fun without us. <laughs>